Hey, you're listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Oren Barter. Hey, that's me. And today we are having a uh, squeamish look at the 1987 West German horror exploitation film that's taken from Wikipedia, Necromantic. Before we go any further, Oren, mm-hmm. I think we need to clear up who it was that chose this movie. So that was me. Um, and I, I bring this up because I feel like this is the sort of movie that if I had brought to you when we were finished, you would be like, what the fuck did you just put me through? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely would agree with you there. Um, we were looking... Okay, so we... This this episode's gonna come out right around my birthday. Mm, so mm, I wanted yeah, to it. yeah, I wanted to do um a movie that was banned on the year that I was born. Um I started out wanting to do one that was banned on my birthday and I realized not a whole lot of things are banned, so that's probably not gonna happen. Um but uh there was only one film that was banned in North America in nineteen eighty eight. Um now everybody knows how old I am. <laughs> um, only and, people good with math or calculators that's know how right. old you are nobody's got a calculator <clears throat> on their phones <clears throat> um, but uh, the only movie that was banned the year of my birth was a movie that we had already done called The Last Passion of the Temptation of Christ starring Mel Gibson okay sorry Cut it, out. <laughs> <laughs> it was The Last Temptation of Christ um, so yeah we didn't do that one obviously because we're not the type of podcast that does the same movie twice. That would be silly. It would be a little silly. And we'd be like, we'd make a joke. We'd be like, ah, we talked about that last time. Um, so this one was banned in 1987. There was a few other movies that I could choose from. This was, was banned in the year of my conception, not the year of my birth. So I read the synopsis and it was, uh, it said, Man brings home dead body to enjoy with his wife and finds out that the wife prefers the body over himself. And I was like, ah, that sounds really funny. Let's do that one. Because obviously your takeaway from that description would be, yeah, this is a slapstick comedy. That is actually what I thought. I thought it would be so over the top, so ridiculous that it would just be hilarious. And I was so very wrong. There were funny parts, there were moments to laugh at, I think, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, plenty more that weren't. Yeah. And what is ultimately a pretty short film that feels like it goes on forever. <laughs> yeah. It was like an hour and 10 minutes. It felt like three. Yeah. Wikipedia says it's 75 minutes, but I think ours was about 71. So I don't know if there's like an uncut version out there that we didn't see, but um, yeah. I find it hard to believe that this was the cut version. It's so when we watched earlier tonight, we did something a little bit different. We um, we actually sort of synced ourselves up watching the movie at the same time while we were connected on Skype, and we recorded what is sort of a commentary track uh, for our first take on the movie. 
Um, we are going to be releasing that on Patreon at some point if somebody wants to check that out. If More than somebody, more than one person could check it out, certainly. <laughs> um, the idea being, certainly you could listen to it uh, just as an audio-only thing to hear what we're reacting to, but it'll make more sense if you do sync it up with the movie and watch it as sort of a supplemental commentary track, and then you can feel like you're watching it with us at the same time and having the same ooh, ah, gross, please don't <laughs> put that in your mouth moments that we had. So um not sure Although, when that'll be up. It's going to be a separate bit of audio editing, but yeah, go ahead. I think it'll be about the same. It shouldn't take much longer. Oh, I guess for the editing, it'll be a little bit. Um, but we also... It, it we, won't take that much. It's just a question yeah. of whether or not I sit down and do it. Okay. Um, but I also would just like to mention that we can't in good conscience recommend you watching this movie. Um, but if you do feel like you are okay with with uh, squeamish things, um, okay with gore if, and very sensitive yeah, content. Like if, you're, if you have a taste for some pretty extreme horror, um, this is probably something that you should check out at some point. I don't recommend it as an overall brilliant film, but it no. certainly probably has a, a, a niche somewhere. Enough of a niche that it generated a sequel. So... <laughs> There you go. That blows my mind. Uh, before we move on to talk about uh, the episode, um, is there anything going on in your life, Mr. Orrin, that you want to share? Yeah, I got my second uh, shot of the COVID vaccine. That's right. And I heard it, it kind of knocked you out. It knocked me right the fuck out. Um, I had a fever of 102 yesterday, um, missed work completely, uh, was in bed all day. And woke up this morning feeling kind of groggy, kind of lightheaded. And then as the day went on, felt better and better. Feel fine right now. So, good. yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a good thing in the long run. That means my immune system was definitely working mm -hmm. um, against the vaccine. Uh, but the fact that I had a fever for one day and now I feel fine, um, not too bad. It was awful, but I'd do it again. I do well i'm glad you're feeling better i was when we talked yesterday i was a little concerned about the likelihood of getting the podcast recorded today because it did sound <laughs> like you were pretty out of it and obviously you know i want to think about your health first um it's not the end of the world if we miss or postpone an episode um but which maybe, I guess brings but maybe us to, two maybe two episodes would be a bit maybe much. two episodes <laughs> uh speaking of which let's just cover that for a second um Last week, we uh, we watched and recorded an episode about a film called Ken Park. Um, and unfortunately, we had some audio issues from Orin's and his inputs were uh, set wrong. And so his audio was not being pulled through his microphone properly. We are trying to salvage the audio for that episode because it actually is a really good one. And not just one, but two. We ended up talking about this movie for more than two hours. So... There's at least two hours worth of two episodes worth of content there uh, about a movie that I think we both really enjoyed as much as it's uh, it's a it's a somewhat dark and somewhat unique take on um, skater culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, I personally feel and I think Warren agrees that it would be a shame for those episodes to disappear. So we're trying to salvage them. Um, and if we can. They're either going to go on, depending on the quality, depending on the final quality of them, they may go on Patreon as bonuses, or they may end up released somewhere down the road 
um, as future episodes when they're all figured out. And if we can do that, that even gives us a chance to sort of get a little buffer going with our schedule again. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, though, uh, fingers crossed that we'll be able to get that out in some form or another. Um, I think definitely one way or another. It's I think the episodes were too good to to just throw them away. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, if if, I, if it's not good enough to put up with the regular episodes, then definitely a, a bonus thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess all that's left to do is um, inquire as to what you're drinking tonight. Um, so I did have a couple of White Claws because, uh, like I've mentioned before, uh, my girlfriend's brother works uh, at a hotel, brings alcohol home that's left in rooms sometimes, so that he brought some White mm. Claws home. Um, I am currently out of White Claws, and I am currently too broke to buy any more alcohol, so uh, right you. now, I am sobering up and not drinking anything. Okay. I like White Claws. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're not bad. Pink grapefruit is my is my go-to flavor for those. And good for you, too, because they got no sugar, right? Uh, I think one gram. Oh, okay. Um, which makes them... Surprisingly, one gram of sugar can make a big fucking deal when compared to the ones that have zero grams of sugar. Like, there's so right. much more flavor in a white claw compared to like a nude or a neutral. Yeah, um, it's really surprising. Uh, I really wanted to have a German beer for this mm. conversation because mm-hmm. this film was made in uh, West Germany. Schedule didn't really line up for me to be able to get to uh, the, the the proper big liquor store, and so I grabbed um, uh, an eight pack of some some proper beers, a couple of which I had um, during the uh, when we watched the film. Now that's about the extent of the carbs that I can take in, so I'm now drinking a uh, a rye and root beer. I discovered I had some more root beer. Uh, what's it called? Um, soda stream. Soda stream. Yeah. Or root beer, soda stream. Like diet root um, beer, stuff. Right? Yeah, diet root yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the fridge. And I was like, you know what? I kind of crave a little bit of the old beer of the root. And so <laughs> I got that going on. Root and beerin. That brings us to, sorry, it's what? Root, root and beerin is what I think it would be called in Germany. Beerin, as it would say in, in Germany. Uh, that brings us to talking about this film, uh, written, co-written and directed by Probably going to mispronounce this, but Jorg Butgerait. That's better than my take. Um, what did I say? Jorg Butgerait? <laughs> Jorg Butgerait. <laughs> um, it has become a cult film over the years due to its transgressive subject matter, including necrophilia and audacious imagery. Butgerait and co-writer Franz Roddenkirchen conceived the basic concept of the film while discussing the relationship between love sex and death the idea to connect an orgasm to the moment of death somebody actually enjoying his own death was part of their initial ideas <laughs> okay um, that'll give you a, a hint towards where this the, this film is is going um it was a no budget film with inexpensive special effects um the film makes use of actual animal intestines and the eyeballs of pigs um, and there is a scene of a, of a rabbit being killed and skinned that was pulled, I believe it was pulled from a documentary. I think it was filmed in documentary fashion and it was an actual, mm. it was an actual, it was a professional rabbit breeder. Yeah, it yeah. was a professional rabbit breeder, whether that was like stock footage of a professional rabbit breeder, or if they went to a rabbit breeder and was like, Hey, can we film you, uh, killing a rabbit? But yeah. yeah. So, well, you got to ask. Definitely. 
Now, where is this film banned? Uh, it's currently banned, uh, currently as of whenever this Wikipedia article was most recently updated, uh, banned outright in Iceland, Norway, Malaysia, Singapore, and the provinces of Nova Scotia and Ontario in Canada. Oh, wow. In 1992, the Australian Classification Board banned the film outright in Australia due to graphic necrophilia content. In 1993, the film was banned in Finland. The film was banned outright by the New Zealand Office of Film and Literature Classification in 1999 due to revolting, objectionable content. Uh, necrophilia, high-impact violence, animal cruelty, and abhorrent behavior. The film is banned in a number of other countries as well. Like, Wikipedia just came up. It's like, you know what? <laughs> it's fucking, if yeah. you, can, you can look it up if you want to know. <laughs> um, one thing I'm noticing as we, as we cover some of these banned films is that uh, Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, yep. and Nova Scotia and Ontario <laughs> <laughs> kind of don't like controversial shit yeah i've noticed seems. that yeah australia seems to ban a lot of things i when i a couple of weeks ago when i was looking up uh, movies for us to cover i found an article that was just about the number of films that were banned uh in, in australia over time mm-hmm. so it's it's got a reputation for that clearly <laughs> um i think or you kind of already covered what this film is about um yeah and I mean, that's pretty much bang on. So, Except for the fact that it didn't turn out nearly as funny as I thought it would. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not our fault that you misinterpreted <laughs> what was clearly a very accurate description of the film. <laughs> that is definitely what happens. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. we open with this kind of nameless couple... Uh, who are on a trip somewhere. We open specifically with this woman on the side of the road pulling down her underwear and urinating into the grass, um, which I think tells us early on exactly the kind of film that no, we're, we're in for. we're about to watch, yeah. We're not, we're not shying away from anything. We spend a good, at least 30, 40 seconds watching and listening to this woman urinate. Oh, and um, like, can we just talk about how long every scene in this, like, they just go on way longer than I think they need to. Like it started the fact off that it's with 75 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's a short film, but it's... it drags. Yeah. A part of me thinks, so there is, I think, a, a minimum length for a film in order for it to be considered a feature. Like, you can't make right. a feature film that's 45 minutes long. And I suspect that um, some of this film was padding. Oh, like, okay. I, I suspect that entire opening thing with those corpses could have like with the, the car crash yeah could have been padding because i mean maybe it was setting up the fact that this guy likes to take souvenirs home but i was maybe. i was a little bit surprised that like that first scene so what happens is like there's this couple going for a drive she's peeing by the side of the road her husband tells her to hurry up she gets back in the car they continue on their way and then suddenly have you know she look he looks at her map for like a split second and then they have this violent car crash with like Blinking red lights and that just things completely and, ignores the laws of physics. Yeah, <laughs> and now they're dead. And uh, the next thing we know, Rob, our main character, uh, and the rest of Joe's cleaning agency arrive at the um, the scene of the accident to start taking care of the bodies. There's the the body of the husband, sort of in the back seat with his eye uh, hanging out. Meanwhile, the woman has been cut in half, and she's lying behind the car. And so they show up, and uh, and Rob starts like scooping, scooping all of the innards into a plastic bag, while somebody else starts putting a plastic bag around the dead woman. 
Um, apparently, we don't really see it, but apparently he steals her heart at this point and throws it into his own private bag to bring home. Um, and then when he goes over to visit the, the, the dude corpse, he plucks out his eye and keeps that for himself, taking his little souvenirs. I, I was assuming that, and maybe this would have like dove into the movie too quickly, but I was assuming that this was going to be the corpse that he brought home. Mm-hmm. Cause it was still in pretty good shape too. Yeah. And I would think that gives you the most time to spend with your corpse lover is if you get it as fresh as possible. Uh, but no, instead, uh, he ends up going home and just sort of like dropping the eyeball into his collection of eyeballs and, and dropping he the grabs heart. grabs the heart, I think, from the woman, yeah. I guess the next thing we see is the, the, the apple guy, right? Yeah, that was a weird scene. So next on, we, we cut to this, this guy in his backyard, enjoying some beer, playing somewhat lustily, I must say, with his gun. You know, he's flicking it open, he's stroking it in, in ways that are maybe a little inappropriate. <laughs> Meanwhile, an incredibly tall man comes out of his house, uh, his tiny house, to grab a ladder and stuff. <laughs> Either he's an incredibly start, tall man um, getting out of his house, or he's a regular-sized man getting out of his very small house. It's, we, we, I mean, we, it's didn't quite, we didn't quite figure that out. We never um, got to see him stand next to somebody. No, that's true. We had very few like <laughs> context clues about that. Uh, but he goes off into his backyard to uh, pick some apples. Um, while he's picking apples, um, his neighbor, who's the guy playing with the gun, spots a bird flying by and is incredibly excited at the thought of shooting this bird, pulls out his gun, fires at the bird, hits the uh, apple picker in the neck, and he promptly falls down and dies, uh, covered in ketchup. <laughs> very, very clearly ketchup. Um, neighbor comes over to check out the bird he thinks he's just killed and instead discovers this dead apple picker who he plops into a wheelbarrow to uh, take off into uh, some kind of body of water somewhere where it's dumped. Uh, we pick up later, after some unnamed amount of time, when Joe's cleaning agency heads out to take care of that problem, the uh, the dumped guy in the body of water, and he's now decomposed quite a lot. It's now more skeleton than anything else. Yeah. So there's clearly been some amount of time between the shooting and and when they re- recover the body, but that's never really stated. But I guess we just get this sense that like yeah. Rob has been continuing to to work and and steal bits and pieces. And I guess we kind of have to assume that the body that he grabs from the swamp is the same apple picker guy. I mean, it only yeah, makes sense because it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not like explicitly described or, or explained. So, but I mean, it, it would only make sense. I can't see them having that scene for absolutely no reason. Yeah. The only reason to have that apple picker scene there is to imply that the following scene when a corpse is recovered uh, is to imply that, yeah, it's the same, it's the same person. It's the same corpse. So the team gather this body up and it puts it, they put it in the back of the, the cleaning van and they, they drive back to home base, and then everybody else is leaving, and they, they say to Rob, like, you, okay, you take care of the body. And I'm not sure where the body is supposed to go, probably to the morgue or something, but instead, 
Rob takes this opportunity to put the body in the backseat of his car and bring it home to show it off to his girlfriend. <laughs> and this is you'd where think, shit gets weird. You'd think that this is maybe not a good idea. But it was. I will say, so what, what happens here is he comes into his house with this big thing wrapped in plastic bags. And he's like, I brought you something. Guess what it is? <laughs> and then he immediately starts ripping the bags open. And it's like, okay, so first of all, if you bring your wife a gift and ask her to guess what it is, don't immediately start opening up her gift. Yeah, and also it's her gift. Let to, her open it. Right? Yeah. And if you're going to let her guess, let her guess. Don't start ripping it open. Like, <laughs> I think this is really the reason that she ended up um, you know, breaking up with him is because he's not a very Spoiler good boyfriend. Alert. Even though he's bringing her these gifts... He's not really bringing them in the right way. Right. Anyway, they do start ripping the plastic bags off of this, and she does realize what it is, and she's, you know, as excited as any young West German woman should be at the sight of a corpse that your boyfriend brought home. Probably more so. Probably more so. <laughs> <laughs> so they lay the corpse in their bed, and... Uh, uh, he cuts off a piece of like tubing that has like a some kind of a metal pipe yeah. shape at the end of it. It wasn't metal; yeah. like it was wood on the inside. Um, he sticks it like into the corpse to give it. Yeah, yeah, and then she applies a condom. They and, rule a condom over this fake penis, and then so that uh, she can yeah. safely bang their new uh, formerly living sex toy. And this is, a, you know, speaking of, you know, the fact this movie has some fairly long scenes, this is a fairly long scene, uh, a lot of it in slow motion of, you know, this, this with, menage a trois. Yeah, with some super romantic piano music in the background. Super romantic piano music. A <laughs> um, lot of time spent, um, Rob clearly has kind of a fetish for eyeballs, because he, you know, over the course of this, he's sucking the corpse's eyeball into his mouth and playing with it and then letting it Putting drop it back, back in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, the, oh. the, his girlfriend, uh, Betty is, is making out while, you know, with, with the, the slimy the, the corpse. corpse. Yeah. And it, was yeah, it is, everywhere. it's very slimy. Um, we do spend a lot of time seeing them like once it's out of the bag, kind of like just groping and rubbing it and, and very, very slimy. There was like a slime, a dedicated slime person in the credits for this film, by the way, <laughs> how important how important that job was. That person got named specifically in the credits for that job. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, they have their fun. Then uh, they sort of hang him up on the wall to sort of, you know, you got to put your sex toy somewhere when you're not using them. The body is all drippy, and they've got plates, plates on the ground. Plates on the bottom to, to catch of, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then so Rob goes back to work and he ends up, he shows up late and his foreman who kind of has a hate on for him earlier in the film, he goes, you know, Bruno goes to the boss and is like, you know, this guy sucks. We just shouldn't have him. And the boss is like, I'm too busy to care about <laughs> whether or not my employees are working hard or not. So, but I guess Bruno has reached the end of his patience and, uh, Drags him up the stairs to see the boss. And finally the boss is like, well, man, if Bruno says you suck, I guess you suck. You're fired. Uh, but what is it that the boss said? Pick your papers. Pick your papers, yeah. Go pick your papers. <laughs> All right. 
I'll take my favorite papers with me and leave the ones I don't like. I'm not sure what that was supposed to mean. I have no idea. Pack your stuff. It was supposed to be like, you know, pack your stuff up. Yeah. (laughs) Pick your papers. Um, So Rob heads home. Uh, Oh, I guess, sorry. I'm I'm glancing at Wikipedia to remind myself what happened. After this, there is a scene where, where Betty reads a love story to the corpse. Right. And I think this is maybe meant to sort of show that she's more in love with the corpse than she is with her boyfriend, because very quickly we, you know, when, when Rob returns home and explains that he got fired, Betty is kind of livid with him with like, like, how are we supposed to get another corpse now, dude? Yeah. Like, look at this guy. He's not going to last very long. Am I going to have to go and dig up a corpse myself? I, you know, I tell you like the next time a rich man comes and is interested in me, I'm totally going to go to him. Yeah. And I, I I kind of feel like Betty needs to be super grateful that she's found a guy who's willing to bring, bring her corpses. corpses home. Yeah. You know, I don't know if a lot of guys would do that. <laughs> I, I don't mean, I don't so. know what West Germany in 1987 was like, but uh, I feel like that would maybe not be... I feel like over most of human history, grave robbing has been kind of a no-no. I mean, especially... He didn't rob the grave. Okay, though. body body graving. Body stealing, body body robbing. I don't want to talk. Body graving is that? <laughs> I think so. Body gravy is what he was making in those oh, bowls. Oh, so gross. Um, next day, Rob encounters some bad news with a note on his bed saying that not only has Betty left him. She's taken uh, their dear, sweet love child with her. And I feel like he was um, just as upset about the corpse being gone as he was her being gone. Right? Yeah. Well, especially because now how do you how do you hide that massive stain on your wall <laughs> oh from where God. the body used to be hanging? Which, yeah, he glances over to the wall to, to like confirm that the body's gone. And there's this, this nasty, nasty stain of dead body juice that's just you know and at least when you've got a corpse in front of it you've got like a a something you can talk about when company comes over but if it's just the stain (laughs) by itself it it just makes you look like a slob um he gets cranky and grabs their cat which we've never seen before i don't know their cat you know what he like he kind of walks in with it i think I think he just went and got the cat on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Wikipedia says it's their cat. I don't know what they base that on. Oh, other okay. Than, you know, their assumption. But um, but yeah, they, he pets the cat a few times and then puts it in a bag and then starts slamming the bag on the ground into the walls. Well, first he feeds it um, one of his pickled hearts. Right, exactly. And then I guess maybe he regretted, regretted doing that. It's like, I take that back. Fuck you, cat. <laughs> And beats the shit of the cat in the bag. Um, and then after, you know, his rough day of beating up a cat, he crawls into the bath. Ugh. And while he's bathing, he like reaches up to pull out some cat guts to rub on himself. Because you can't really get truly clean unless you've got like some good cat guts in the bath with you. Then once he's nice and clean... Uh, he decides it's time to go see a horror movie, which again was, a, I guess, probably a West German. No, I, this was 
Based on the credits, uh, mm-hmm. I can tell that this, yeah. this movie, as you suspected, was filmed for this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just this blonde woman being chased by some kind of very clumsy, slow-moving uh, serial killer, who I think in the credits was was listed as porno killer. Oh, it um, must have been like a horror horror porno then. Well, at the end of the bits that we see, yeah, like he's fondling her legs with a, a knife and, you know, we do overhear some like screams of what might be happening uh, as Rob leaves the film, because I guess Rob is just finding that the film isn't doing much for him. I'm not sure why he went to see the movie beyond like, you know, it could be anything from trying to distract himself from the fact that his girlfriend left to, Mm. you know, trying to get some kind of sexual excitement out of violence and, and murder, whatever he's looking for, he doesn't find it. He's on his way, goes back home uh, and tries to kill himself with some uh, random pills and whiskey. I don't know what he took there. Vitamins. I think they were, <laughs> I think they were vitamins. I don't think vitamins are usually packaged that way in like oh, okay. single bubble wraps. But um, whatever he takes, he, he drifts off into this dream where he uh, now he's the one inside of a garbage bag. Partially decayed, his his skull is kind of poking out of the right side of his face. Um, Then a woman comes up to him and gives him a a severed head. And then they begin to dance and kind of lovingly throw the head back and forth (laughs) as if they're having a a lovely time in the hills. Uh, The head then turns into like a bunch of goopy organs. And she's gone, but... Uh, he's still bouncing around, loving his organs. Tossing it in the air. Tossing it in the air. Tossing it in the air. Um, so weird. Uh, when he wakes so up, weird. Uh, he he heads out to what appeared to be a cornfield somewhere to hire a <laughs> prostitute. And... Uh, uh, I don't like. I, I missed whether or not. I don't think he said where he wanted her to go. Just said you can that, only like, hear her he side of the to, conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's clear that he he wants to go someplace other than like right there. And she's like, "Well, it'll cost you more, but that's fine." And you called it. I was expecting them to go back to to his place, but Orin's like, "What does he want to go to a cemetery?" And yep, that's exactly what they did. They head to the cemetery. Um, he picks the particular grave to to fuck on. I don't know if it was any special grave to him. Yeah, it doesn't really make, it does not really point it out one way or the other, so. Yeah. Uh so anyway, he uh he tries to get his rocks off there in the grave, but he can't he just can't get hard. And uh she makes a couple of comments about that which pisses him off, so he just chokes her to death and then fucks her because apparently that's what it took to get him hard. Obviously like you know, this this guy is a bit of a necrophiliac, for sure. Um, I, I guess he was hoping that just being in the presence of death would be enough. I guess it wasn't. Um, anyway, as, as you do after you kill someone and uh, sexually violate them, he fell asleep right there. <laughs> Uh, next morning, he wakes up just as the you know, the gardener of or whatever caretaker the great, of the cemetery yeah, the shows grave up. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's the uh, legitimate like grave you know, guy. Yeah, grave that's on his guy. business card. <laughs> grave guy. 
Um, who, by the way, I, I think he could have handled that situation better. He he arrives, he sees what's going on, and like drops his shovel. And then the shovel is what triggers Rob to sort of realize that someone's there. Rob picks up the shovel and uses this incredibly sharp, sharp shovel, shovel yeah, to, to chop off the grave guy's head. The top of it. Like, he cut his head right in half. Yeah, it's like right through the mouth. Like, right? like so the, the mouth guy's tongue up. was, like, still flapping. Yeah. Blood gushing out of it. I gotta say, for, like, what was a no-budget film, apparently, it's not, it's not quite... Um, brain dead level yeah. gore effects, but it's pretty good considering what they were the working with. Yeah. Budget. Yeah. Um, or maybe he got funding for the film and then whoever funded him was like, yeah, I don't want my name on it. Just say so you didn't get any funding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be too. Um, don't know whether or not he bothers to, to bury any of these bodies. I'm suspecting not uh, considering what happens next. He heads home. Uh, gets a knife, lies down on the bed, pulls out his uh, no, no, no. Penis. So before this, before this, um, he I can't remember if he drinks or he's he has another dream, but he dreams that he's you know like doing a make your own crucifixion cross. Oh, that's right. He has this fantasy of like, yeah, making a, a do-it-yourself crucifix of like, you've got the metal crucifix and you've got the metal Jesus you put on top of it. And then you hammer these little nails in. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he seems to have some kind of an epiphany where he like just bounds through these fields going like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and apparently incredibly happy. Um and I guess this is where he comes to the idea that he needs to he needs to die for maybe his girlfriend to love him again, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause yeah, because obviously she seems to care more about uh, deceased flesh than living flesh. So yeah, he goes home, uh, grabs a big old like a uh, big old butcher knife. Pulls out his erect. I think that was a skinning cock. knife. I think that was a skinning knife, and that might be important because of all the the flashbacks to the to the. Rabbit. It could be. Yeah. I mean, to me, it looked like it was just um, like a regular sort of like kitchen knife. Oh, okay. That Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees would wield, but right. it could be a skinning knife. You're right. Um, and and then he stabs himself in the gut, and then begins ejaculating everywhere. <laughs> And then he keeps stabbing himself, and, you know, pretty soon he's ejaculating part blood, and then blood's everywhere, and ejaculation is everywhere, and uh, this scene as well uh, goes on for too long, which is a funny thing to say, because I'm pretty sure any amount of time spent on a scene like this is technically too long. I mean, any time spent on a lot of the scenes in this movie was way too long. Like, uh, there was Um, quite a few times watching this movie where I, I, I couldn't, I just had to turn away. I could not watch it. And as this is playing out, uh, it, it is cutting back and forth between uh, this and sort of the rabbit slaughter that we saw earlier in the film. But it's going in so the rabbit slaughter time. is playing backwards. Yeah. So we see um, the guy putting the, the fur back on the rabbit and then, you know, unslitting his throat and all the blood coming back in. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was fun. 
Um, the final scene of the movie is Rob's grave. Sort of pans over to the, or you know, shows the grave. Very basic wooden grave, because I don't think Rob had a lot of money. And pans down kind of over the dirt. And in the final moments, we see a shovel hit the dirt in a high-heeled, stockinged foot. Step on the, the shovel, kind of implying that the girlfriend has come back to dig him up. And uh, be that's the end. Happily ever after. They all they would live happily ever after, I guess. Yeah. So it is kind of a, it's a it's a romantic movie in a way. It's a necromantic movie. It's a necromantic movie. Roll credits. <laughs> um. Yeah. So did it? Having chosen this movie, Orn, would you say that it lived up to your expectations? No. <laughs> not at all um this this movie was gory it was it was awful it dealt with some really awful actions and put too much emphasis on those it was i didn't enjoy it i think it was fun to laugh at every once in a while but over all in all i just no I think certainly if this film was, you know, bouncing around, I would I would give it like an NC seventeen rating. I think, you know, this 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 is this is content that I think unless you really, really know what it is and you really are really secure in your your interest in seeing this, I don't think people should be seeing it. I think I think no. people again, this is something that came up in regards to Ken Park. Um, which you wouldn't have heard because that episode's not out, but the idea that like this is cinema that probably deserves to have to be, to exist and for an audience to perceive it as long as it's that right audience. Mm-hmm. Everybody else should just stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Do you have any uh, deeper thoughts to sort of respond to that? Um, no, I agree with you on that part. I mean, I wouldn't outright ban it in all forms. Um, but I think I would be pretty upset if I saw this at my local movie theater. Why? It's just, it's a, it's, it's bad. Like in terms of like, but I mean, if, if it's at your, if it's at your local movie theater with the appropriate rating and only letting in the appropriately aged people who presumably are, are doing their due diligence to ensure that it's a film that they want to see. What's the problem? I just would I would hate for somebody to just stumble across this movie like I did by accident and be like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, at least I can get something out of watching this, um, having done this episode, like talking about it. Um, yeah. But it, I think if I just watched this, I, d- I mean, I definitely wouldn't have finished it. Like, I don't know, I don't know the well, exact I, I moment mean, I would have you, turned away. You need to take these... You need to take these film descriptions at face value. <laughs> I think I do at this point. And if you if you suspect a film, especially if it's one that we're covering for this podcast, if you think it's a comedy, you may want to go to Wikipedia and see <laughs> how it's described genre-wise, because I'll point out that, again, this was a West German horror exploitation film. Doesn't use the word comedy in there anywhere. It, you know what that means Well, now, it, yeah. it actually, it does. It does um, on the Wikipedia... Let's see. Splatter film, schlock film, black comedy. Where's that? Exploitation film and softcore 
pornography. So in the analysis on the Wikipedia page, oh, um, okay. so it says here, so I mean, I don't know if that's the, the actual genres it was given, but in terms of genre, necromantic is a mix of elements from several genres, splatter film, shock film, black comedy, exploitation film, and softcore pornography. And I would agree that it has elements of all those things. Like, there were times in this film that we laughed. Yeah. Um, but I would not call it a comedy. No. <laughs> no. And I wouldn't say that overall it was a softcore pornographic film either. It had elements of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that would fit uh, as, a, as an overall genre. I wouldn't say this thing fits, like, any genre wholeheartedly. I guess I don't think, horror is kind of like uh, an overarching, like there's... Yeah, horror yeah. horror exploitation film, again, I think mm-hmm. is, you know, exploitation film is often used to sort of cover anything that's like, it's got softcore pornography or gore or some mm-hmm. of those, you know, extreme horror tropes. Uh, I think exploitation horror film it probably is bang on. Okay. Is what I would call it, yeah. Well, next time we're looking at doing a movie and it's it's an exploitation horror film, I'm probably going to say, nah, I'm out. Well, I got to at least bring one to the table because you forced this on me. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. Um, and you know this. I'm, I'm saying it for the purpose of the episode. Um, I, I've seen the second part of this before. And it was, you know, I, I've been in on and off going out of my way to like track down like these really dark and disturbing and messed up horror films. And I remember reading somewhere, because obviously the necromantics were on lists that I've seen. And I read somewhere that of the two, Necromantic 2 was better. And at the time I thought, well, I'm probably only going to want to watch one of these. So let me err on the side of which one is supposedly better Mm -hmm. and watch Necromantic 2. I had no idea at the time that fate would come around. and (laughs) You would have watched both of them at some point. I've now watched both of these things. So, yeah. But I can... uh, I can dodge a little bit with uh, with fate. You know, fate throws something new at me. I I, I can go there. I can go there. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a favorite scene? Favorite scene. Okay. Um, cinematography wise, I liked when he was dropping the eyeball in that jar, and we were looking through oh, the jar, right. and his face was all magnified and distorted. I thought that was a good mm-hmm. shot. Um. I mean, the scene at the end where he's stabbing himself in the stomach and ejaculating everywhere was just so absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, where else are you going to see something like that? Like that? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I got to grant that too, right? Like that is so off the wall and out there and bonkers that it's like, okay, uh, uh, you went there. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Didn't think you would. Or didn't think anybody ever would. Um, yeah, I think like in the same way when, uh, when the, the, when Rob shows up uh, with the, the fake penis for the corpse and puts that in and it's like, oh no, he's not. Oh, he is. Oh, that is what's going on. Oh my God. Oh, and they're putting a condom on it too. Jesus Christ. What's happening here? That was, that was again, that was like, ah, what am I watching? Um, I guess I'll give it an overall rating. Um, I will give it. Two bowls of Haas and Pfeffer out of five. All right. And I will I will go with uh 
to erect cocks ejaculating blood <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this or, uh, well, I guess it probably, it would matter if you enjoyed any of this conversation, because if you did, uh, maybe go over to our Patreon and see if that commentary track is there yet, in case you want to experience the joy that is <laughs> watching this film with us. Um, I gotta say, we do make this film more enjoyable. I would definitely say that. I would like to to say I would like to think so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to make any guarantees on that. Um, you will hear. I, I feel like at least a good quarter of it is us like verbally cringing to what is suddenly <laughs> shockingly going on on screen. Some of the uh, the eyeball sex and eyeball caressing and eyeball licking. Uh, I got a I got a real oh, squeamishness with eyeballs myself, and so. Um, I was doing a lot of, ah, just stop that, sir. And looking away. And, uh, it was, it was an interesting experience though. And I think, um, if you do check out, uh, the commentary on Patreon and you like that sort of thing, do let us know. We'll do more if, if you're into it. Um, I don't know if we would ever like do an actual recording of a proper episode while we were watching the movie at the same time. I think it's too hard to watch. And also, dissect you can't really dissect until the movie's over mm -hmm. but uh certainly sitting down and sharing the experience of watching the film together and recording our initial uh knee-jerk reactions and especially when it's going to be like a, an extreme exploitation film like this i think that could be fun to do in the future we may, we may do more of that especially if you guys like it and let us know all right thank you all for listening um you can find all our stuff at blah, 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 media.com ways to contact us, ways to support us. That's B L A H B L A H B L A H media.com. Um, other than that, I guess that kind of wraps things up for this week. Yeah. My name's Todd Sullivan. And my name is Oren Barter. This has been when bad things happen to good people. And until we see you again, please, good sirs, go read a fucking book. <laughs>